Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. If you're driving around downtown Nashville over the last two weeks, the, the landscape looks the same, but the setup a bit different. Grand, grandstands next to Nissan Stadium. You've got, of course, the river and the, the everything that's being set up for the Music City Grand Prix, which is taking place this weekend. Uh, second time we've had the race, back-to-back years now, and what's we, we certainly hope after even the first contract becomes an annual event here in Music City. And we have former IndyCar champion, current points leader for IndyCar, former Indianapolis 500 champ as well, driver of the number 12 Verizon Chevy with Team Penske. Will Power joins us in studio. Will, great to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate we, it. Uh, you get this all the time, but Chad, go ahead and, and uh, let him know your observations whenever we announced he was coming on the show. It's the most spectacular name for <laughs> any any sportsman in, in history, I, I think. It's right up there in the pantheon of great names, Will. The name Will Power has got to be an all-timer. I'm sure your your parents knew that when they gave you this name. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking. But honestly, my great-grandfather's name was Will Power, so... Um, uh, it's named after him. He also raced motorcycles. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, my name's William, but yeah, everyone yeah. calls me Will. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have to ask this question, uh, and hopefully you don't slap me for asking this. But do you in, <laughs> do you in fact have a lot of willpower? I do. I actually I used to smoke and I gave up, so <laughs> that required some I, willpower. If I put cake in front of you now, you would resist it. I would resist it because <laughs> I don't want to eat any sugar before the race. So. Yeah, I think I do have good willpower. I've always wanted to know the answer to that question. Now, yeah. now I know. Yeah. Willpower does, in fact, have great willpower, which, yes. is, which is terrific. Uh, we were talking, Mine comes and goes, if you were curious. Yeah, yeah, we, I have none. I, I have <laughs> zero. So, yes, I'm glad I'm not, I was not given that name like you are. Um, so Nashville has been given this race, and we're excited about it here. I, I, I was downtown last year for it. A terrific event and very, very unique for us you know, in this city. In terms of, of road racing, uh, where does this Nashville track rank in what you've seen and, and the difficulty level of it? Because we saw some, some issues a year ago in this race. Uh, it, it ranks very highly. Uh, you know, I, I think there's no other track that we go over a massive bridge and um, over a body of water. It's... Um, it's the city. It's right there in the city. It's an iconic city. I think we're really fortunate to be able to race here. The track itself is is very challenging from a driving perspective. It's quite bumpy. Um, it's very technical, extremely tight in a couple of areas, and and it produces really good racing. So we're all <clears throat> we're all really stoked to be here. Really happy that uh, we get to race in this city and. Um, Race on a very cool track. It it rates very highly. There's one spot last year where it seemed every time 
the tires touched, things stopped, and it bottlenecked the entire thing. Yeah. I don't know how common that is, generally speaking, but has anything been done there that might alleviate that? That was the only thing I found wrong last year is it seemed like there were constant stoppages at yeah. that spot. They have. They've, um, they've moved the apex wall in on that particular corner where there was bottlenecks, uh, which really would totally solve that problem. They've smoothed it in some areas where, you know, transitions on and off the bridge, so it's less bumpy. Um, I mean, it's, it's a typical street course. You don't have any grass to run off. If you make a mistake, you're either in tires or a concrete wall. So there's always a chance that there'll be blockages. But, I, you know, I think that everyone last year wasn't really prepared for the track as well as they will be this year. They'll understand... Uh, you know, the strategy, the passing zones, and, and um, I expect there to be a lot more green racing rather than running under the safety cars. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a difficult track. It, it It's really, really difficult to get right. And you'll see the, I'm going to say that you're going to see the biggest spread of lap times um, on a road course for the whole season at this track because it's so difficult. Normally the whole field's covered by one second, you know, just, 26 cars less than a tenth apart but i think you'll see bigger gaps because it's just so hard to get this track right that's a lot more fun to watch i imagine it's yeah. a lot more fun to race but are there tactical things that you can do in a race that has a lot more stop and go that can be advantageous there's definitely um you know strategically as you saw last year marcus erickson who won the race crashed on the first lap before it even went green he was up over the back of someone <laughs> And, you know, his strategy played out that he won the race, which, uh, which is, un, un, well, not that unusual in IndyCar. IndyCar is usually very difficult to predict a winner because there's so many good teams and good drivers that can win and they've got great parity between the cars. So, um, yeah, but it's the race I'm looking at as a championship leader that's, that's a bit of a wild card that's, you know, it's not going to be that straightforward and you don't want to be on the wrong side of it. So I'm uh, definitely aware of that. And uh, yeah, you just it's hard to go into a race predicting what's going to happen and have a strategy in place. You've got to really, you know, adjust on the fly. Here you are with us You're in Nashville uh, getting set for the race on a Wednesday. What's your typical week like when getting ready for an event? Are, are you normally in town around this time earlier and does that vary based on the track you're preparing for each week yeah well i mean I'm, I'm i'm a day early just to do some uh work for joseph newgarden so <laughs> in his town but in his town <laughs> but a week looks like so you know we finished uh, we raced on last la saturday so i got got back sunday but on monday i was in the simulator so i was doing this track in a sim like a big, you know, $10 million simulator. So it, it's ridiculously close. You know, we got all our shift points, breaking points. I mean... How many of those simulators exist? How, how well, accessible is that simulator? You said a $10 million simulator to get to in, in different parts of the world. Uh, there's, a, there's, I don't know how many. I mean, you can, every single Formula One team has one. Um, each manufacturer in IndyCar has one. Um, I think the NASCAR manufacturers also have them. I mean, it's becoming a a very common thing. I mean, so before, your team has one that you use? 
No, Chev- Chevy, Chevrolet, okay. which is out the engine plant that we use. It's, uh, we use theirs. I mean, it's it's so costs so much to develop one that uh, you're better off partnering with a manufacturer, and <clears throat> that means multiple teams can use it. It's um, but it's it's crazy how close it'd blow your mind if you sat in that thing. Like you look around, it just looks like the city you're in. And wow. the oh, so bumps, it's a 360 view. It's um this one is it's a bit more than 180 and the car yours like that but yeah. some have virtual reality some r360 uh it just depends on does it feel the same way in the seat as well it's you're using your race seat it's a race tub like the the car like yeah. the actual setting that you'd be sitting in the steering wheel is actually the race steering wheel you put your own steering wheel on um very close very like the bumps the walls uh, everything it, it is so close it's it's pretty cool will power our, our guest uh, how how many times do you need to run the track any track yeah. a new track before you feel like you know i'm 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 race comfortable i'm ready yeah it depends sometimes you're right on the ball within you know 10 laps you're feeling real good like your first run out 10 laps you're Right on it. Sometimes the whole weekend, you just don't get your head around the track. You just struggle. Off yeah. week. Yeah. Or is it the track or is it just an off week? Yeah, it can be an off week. Plus, the track's more difficult. To, you know, a track like this, would be, it, it would be very difficult to extract everything out of it, even in the first two sessions, because you're apexing walls. So, you know, how close you want to get to the wall. It's, you know, if you out, you, you, know, you, you can't challenge the brake zone too much because if you go too far lock up, you'll go into a wall. It's um, it's something that you would creep up on a little more a track like this, but yeah, sometimes you just go out, roll out, and you're right on the ball. And it's like any sport. Yeah, some days you're really on, and some days you're not quite there. Will Power with us in studio. What was the party like after winning the Indy 500? Well, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't party. You know, I. I won the race. I knew that the next week I had to race in Detroit. So I was in the championship and I didn't drink anything. I didn't, uh, except milk or milk, <laughs> except the milk. That's the only thing I, I you know, I took, I, I got a restaurant for all the guys on my team and, you know, went and had dinner with them and then went to the driver's party for like 15 minutes. And then was like, I'm going to sleep. Cause they make you that week. You have to go to New York and do all this media and, I wanted to be as rest as I could so I could go to Detroit the next week and do well because historically the driver turns up in Detroit and is rubbish because he's so tired. So I wanted to be the one that actually does well. I mean, I feel, I don't, I mean, yeah, you're, you're excellent and you, you're very, you do have willpower. But I, I'm thinking, man, I'm, racing's the one sport I can think of where you win the event and you don't, yeah. you know, you win the World Series, the Super Bowl, yeah. the Masters. There's a, People are throwing a bash afterwards, right? Yeah. Like you're on to the next one. Do you enjoy – did you get to enjoy it the way that a typical athlete would? Yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. Like, I can't tell you the relief to finally win that race considering, yeah. you know, I'd been in the series a long time. I was a champion. I'd won more races than anyone in that decade from 10 to 20 and led more laps, more pole, everything. And I had won that race. So um, it was a massive weight off my shoulders – and I didn't have to go out and drink or anything to celebrate. I was just, it meant so much to me. And I, I, 
built it up so big in my mind that it was uh, it's just a feeling I'll never forget. And you know, we do get to if you win the championship, you don't have to race. And you know that week. as well. Yeah, you can you you really celebrate after that one. Then you can go out and drink and have fun. Get after it. How, yeah. How did you do in Detroit? I did well. I I came out of Detroit the championship leader and um, I can't I don't know whether I even got on the podium or I did well much better than any 500 winner had done for a while. So I think I I was quicker than all my teammates and I think got the most out of it. So yeah, it was good. Your brother Damien is a very popular stand-up comedian and, yeah. and writer. Uh, do you guys compare notes on travel schedule uh, when talking about the two lines of work that you're in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get, you know, I'll speak to him on the phone and he'll be doing the, you know, the Melbourne Com- Comedy Festival or something and it's just, you know, relentless and uh, the schedule. So I understand where he's coming from, but it's a similar path uh, the hard work, like it would be in any sport, you know, the sleeping on couches and trying to make it. Um, you know, those the standout comedians work hard to to make it and and uh, end up earning it, doing it as a living. So we definitely can pair notes on that front. Is there any alternate reality where he's the the IndyCar driver and you're the stand-up comedian? <laughs> yeah, on another, would, on another universe. I would love to try. St- to be a stand-up comedian. I'm not sure how he'd do in a... Co- He's actually really good at... Like, I cannot beat the guy at ping-pong or pool or... It really annoys me. So I kind of feel like if he got in a race car, he'd probably be good. I mean, this is a, a talented family because you, you're a musician as well, right? You play the drums? Yeah, yeah. This isn't yep. just like a gimmick. Like, this is legit? Uh, I would do it at say, charity I, events. I, I, can play, I can play some songs. I'm, I yeah. can jump in and you in a band play early along, on or but, anything like but as a kid no no i mean i i didn't uh, i actually played the trumpet in a band as a kid <laughs> <laughs> not the drums drums are way cooler so i gave up the trumpet and went for the drums but um not in a band i would love to be uh but you just can't you, it's you gotta be so dedicated to your chosen sport if you want to win you just can't take away from that so the sort of time you have to put in to be a drummer in a band, like a legit tight drummer. Yeah. Uh, but I can play songs. It's good good to relax. The uh, the, the F1 series certainly massively popular. And, and we, we've discussed the rivalries within it. And, and, and man, where, where is this in other sports? Am I, can I assume that the rivalries are there? They're just not on reality TV on a, a series like that on a week-to-week uh, basis? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean. Same trash talk? Same, yeah, same. Uh, you know, obviously they fluff it up a little bit and Netflix, but um, the same intensity. You can't really be friends with your competitors because you compete at a very high level. So you wouldn't really be a good friend. You couldn't, you know, you're just always guarded. Um, yeah, I think IndyCar will end up having a show like that. They're working on it. And uh, I think people will really enjoy it in our paddock. It's um, It's definitely... It's a bit more of a friendly atmosphere, but if you look through the field, you know, an IndyCar, you've probably got 18 drivers that can win any week. In Formula One, you've got four, maybe, but really two guys that yeah. just win. So it's it's a much tougher series, driver's series from that perspective where Formula One's a very tough manufacturer's series. The manufacturer factors 
you know, battle very hard. Um, and then the driver, if he's lucky enough to be in the best car, he's just going to look like an absolute hero. So, yeah, the IndyCar, the, the car itself is can go faster, like just straight line speed, right? But the difference is the braking and then the acceleration in the car itself? Yeah, and um, so the Formula One car actually at the start of a race is the same weight as an Indy car, except we re refuel, so over a whole race they're, you know, heavier. But, you know, when they go to qualify, Formula One is lighter. It obviously has a lot more technology because they allow it. Um, the engine we're going to next year will be about the same horsepower or the year after next. So it'll have the same power. Um, so acceleration will be very similar. And, um, yeah, I mean, IndyCar is really focused on parity. Yeah. Every single person in the field has a chance to win. They're very you know, tight with the rules on that, where Formula One is about developing technology. And so there's a huge gap between teams. So the racing isn't quite as good. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's really the differences uh, there. What, what uh, type of Chevy do you drive? I drive a Chevy Suburban. I have a I'm, surpri I have a, I'm surprised by that. I have a Corvette. Okay. I do have a Corvette that you get the Corvette when you win the Indy 500. So I got the the pace car that was um that that they used to during the 500. So I have that. I drive that from time to time. But what's what's the fastest uh, you would go in a in a daily car? Not in, <laughs> not in your not on race day. Of the fastest. What's the fastest? Well, you've I don't driven? want to get arrested. So, well, you want? I mean, well when's the last time you got a speeding ticket? I did get a sp uh, recently. All my speeding tickets are only like ten to fifteen over. Yeah, I don't want to. I I have gone one hundred and sixty in a car before. Have you on, on the, the road? Yeah, yeah, on a two lane road. That's I was cruising. an idiot, but my girlfriend at the time had a Mercedes compressor. Oh yeah, <laughs> convertible, and I. This is before her dad put the governor on it. Just and said we're we're about to lay into this. Did we and we did. Up. I drove a te actually I drove a Tesla the other day and it blew my mind for electric car how much power it had. Crazy. How, how fast? Wow, I, I was more the acceleration, but that thing the get up. That thing would get well over a hundred pretty quick. Um, fastest uh, in your career that you've gone? Hey, it's uh, two hundred and forty-two or forty-three. Two hundred forty-three <laughs> or something. In Indianapolis. You gonna be able to break that? Yeah, I think when they have that new engine. It's quite a bit more power. That I'm going to say the top speed would probably be close to 250. That is, uh, I can't imagine that. Yeah. What, does yeah. that what does that feel like? It's fast. Just ask, <laughs> just ask Tom Cruise. Yeah, well, well, Tom it's, Cruise. it's not bad while you're going in a straight line. It's when you see that like 90 degree turn at the end of the straight <laughs> that you've got to keep the pedal wide open. And the engineers, Man. they see the data. So when you tell them, like, yeah, I was wide open, you see the little flutters. He's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> You're shaking on the pedal. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had that. You're, like, shaking on the pedal because it's, like, it's fast. When you turn in at that speed and you're waiting for the car to set and feel where the balance will be, whether it'll be loose or push, is, I would say, the most daunting is the qualifying. When you're doing that speed and turning in, and you don't know how the car will behave when it lands uh, in the bank in there. Uh, yep, that's the day I dread most. Will Power in studio with us, Music City Grand Prix, uh, coming up this weekend, uh, main race on Saturday, but events downtown uh, throughout the weekend. Um, so the in baseball, high school age is generally where we see scouts really dive into 
uh, athletes, um, of course, uh, NFL's college. What is the age group where if you were looking over your shoulder and saying, hey, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this guy for either my team, for Team yeah. Penske, or, or an opponent, what's the age where you really find out, okay, this guy's on, he's a shelf above the rest of the competitors at a certain level? Um, about like 10, 11, 12, you start to see kids that stand out in karting. Karting's huge mm -hmm. in this country and it's huge in Europe and around the world. Um, super competitive fields. But you'll see some kids that like, yep, that guy is standing out. And, you know, he kind of obviously has a natural ability. And then, you know, from there, once they get to this level, they, it, it's about the work ethic because everyone's pretty pretty good at this level. They're all natural, have natural ability. It's like how hard you work at that point. We had Jimmy Johnson on the show. I said it was odd that a, a 40, I think he's 46. Uh, maybe I'm getting that wrong. Yeah, uh, I think he's 47 maybe. 46, yeah. 47, uh, rookie of the year at the uh, Indy 500, which was odd for him uh, yeah. to uh, receive that award, I think, uh, based on his age uh, and, and his career at, at NASCAR. But um, even he was saying, he's like, man, it's just a different type of sport. It, t it took him a year, yeah. and not even a full year, but a year just to kind of get his bearings. Yeah, and he's still still improving. I, I was following him at the, at the race last week for quite a number of laps. And, you know, he's just continually learning. I mean, it's just such a hard step from what he was doing to go to IndyCar. So it's kind of impressive that he got to where he has, um, you know, and it's it's he's kind of living his dream racing an IndyCar after having that, that career in NASCAR. I mean, being a seven-time champion, then getting to go yeah. race the IndyCar series. I mean, uh, yeah, he's. I can tell he's loving it, and he's. It's yeah. People have got to understand it's a tough transition. It's not. He was never going to just turn up and be at the front. It's too too hard, too hard, too different. Favorite country outside of Australia to race? Ah, mm. oh, the U.S. I would say favorite country to race out of the U.S. Out of easily. Australia. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite European track? Uh, I really enjoyed Spa. I raced at Monaco. That was pretty cool, but you couldn't pass. Um, yeah, I would say Spa. Pretty good. Silverstone's pretty good. Spa. <laughs> Where's the easiest place to pass? What track is yeah. the easiest? Hmm. Actually, Iowa last week. Last week or two oh, yeah, weeks ago? Yeah, Iowa. I was a great little track for us. Great short bull ring oval. Will Power, uh, Australia, um, and with the accent, I'm assuming it's not hard to be noticed downtown even without the, the racing gear on, right? Especially here in Nashville. They love country music in Australia. I, I know that they, also. Yeah. So yeah, that's they, big here too, obviously. Yeah. No, they do. They, they, like Australia is like a mini US. It's just uh, not as many people. All right, so we're we're going to uh, we're going to an online uh, sports betting uh, FanDuel right now. We're going to put some uh, some money down on Will Power this weekend. Absolutely, um, I'm trying his best to incriminate Will. Over how here. much should we bet, Will? <laughs> how confident are you? You got to remember, I'm in a championship fight. Like <laughs> I know, I'm not going to take a big risk to win. No, <laughs> I'm trying to. Trying to get points. So uh, betting on him to tight. win the yeah. championship it's is different race. from betting on him it's to win very this weekend. Race. So how many races do you have left? You got four left. Oh, so you have to be very careful. You gotta, yeah, you gotta play the game. I mean, you can't, 
depends on where you are. Like if you're halfway through the race and it's like, yep, you're ahead of all the guys you're racing. There's five guys in the race in the championship right now that I can see. But if you're behind them, yeah, I mean, you got to you, you can't just relax. You got to play that game really smart. So it's not a good sign if uh, you're the guy that's going up and over you're, like Erickson was last week or last year. Yeah, well, it worked out. Well, he won. Pretty good strategy. He's, he, by the way, Erickson's the one chasing him. So he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a good track for him. If running over a car is a good thing to do. Hey, man, he's not coming in here. I, I, I hope you win. Uh, we're we're pulling for we're, you. We're well, in your corner thank Sunday. You. Thank you good very luck. much. It's been very cool to uh, to catch up with you. Yeah. I, we're fascinated by the sport itself because of the grind. And, yeah. and the fact, I mean, it's just a different lifestyle and a, a uh, experience. We will never, I mean, we're never going to be behind the wheel of an yeah. IndyCar. Yeah. Um, and I, the fact that you made it and climbed the ladder, which was a long when you mentioned 10, 11. When did you first race? Motorcycles. Uh, race car. Well, the first time I ever raced cars was when I was 16, but I raced go-karts before. Go-karts. That. Yeah. Yeah, I was six years old, I think, getting in a go-kart. How many how many years do you hope to continue? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe four more years at the maximum. Wow. Is that when your contract expires? Or <laughs> no, no, my contract expires next year. Oh, okay. So who knows? <laughs> hey, uh, Will. Uh, uh, again, it's a pleasure to have you in studio. Real treat for us. We will be uh, out there on Sunday and uh, throughout the weekend as well. It's going to be great festivities with the Music City Grand Prix, and uh, we'll be looking for the number 12. Awesome. Thanks for having Thanks me on. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. There's uh, Will Power. Um, 250 miles per hour, Chad. Yeah, I'm not, not going Slightly anywhere close to you. it. And I'm shocked that you tried to do 160 also. No, I didn't try. I, well, I didn't reach 160. Um, I let off the gas. I, I just kept looking down at the speedometer and let off the gas and looked down. It's a good strategy not to look at the road while you're trying to do 150. Um, the, the dad, then uh, the maximum I think we could get it up to was 80 after that with the governor on the, I mean, it's a big mistake with a Mercedes compressor in McMinnville, Tennessee. Let me just, I mean, yeah, everybody wants to kids drive. out there, listen to Hot. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, coming up, uh, more headlines. We'll recap our chat with Will, and we will get you ready for the AFC North battle, uh, Pittsburgh, and we'll take a look at Cleveland with or without Deshaun Watson with all the offseason headlines. Next to Now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on Friday at 6th and Peabody, the 6th and P Grand Prix. And what this entails is a great charity race here on the property at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We have the tricycles. These, this is not your five-year-old's tricycle, though. This is like a $200 tricycle that they have ordered. They have four of them. 
and we're going to have uh, some celebrities out. We're going to take part in this. We're going to be live on the stage at 6th and Peabody on Friday afternoon with the final race taking place at 4 o'clock, and we will crown our inaugural 6th and P Grand Prix with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, and Outkick. Yeah, I had a chance to put my eyes on one of these trikes. Let me see if I can show it to you. That Paul. I believe yeah, I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm driving on Friday. And it's, uh, it's, it's impressive. The, I wanted to look at it because I said I, I wanted to see the distance between pedal to the steering wheel to see if my knees would be hitting it. And they said, oh, no, no, you'll be fine. We've had oh, bigger people drive these, and it doesn't come close to reaching. So I should be good to go. So here is an example of, uh, Paul, what this looks like. It's not your – this is much larger than – than what it looks. Uh, that's what she said. Is he pedaling it? Um, yes, you'll pedal it. The pedals are down here on the wheel. Oh, okay. Um, so that's the, there's the yeah. actual. I'm looking forward to seeing you that. You're going to look big on it no matter what, huh, Chad. Well, we're going to be on this, all three of us, to, uh, to try it out before it out. the show. We're going to do some video that work on That way we can speak this. on you know, the actual vehicle. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to be on it, Paul, but uh, uh, we can go ahead and Chad's say this, race. I think. Albert Hainsworth is going to be on it, too. Yeah. So we're both going to look very large on it, but I'm not quite as no. big as he is. Yeah, you're going to look small on it now. <laughs> I don't know. I think Chad will do just fine. In fact, I will Paul's place money complete on... complete demeanor change when he found out he was going to have no. to be on one of these things. You notice that? No, once, once Hainsworth's on it, everybody looks small on it. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Um, I still think Chad's competitive nature comes out on Friday. Oh, absolutely. He will yeah. have... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it... We're the, looking at the willpower of Outkick 360. I'm going right to give here. it the good old college try. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not in this thing. I didn't, I didn't show up here to lay up, as they say in, in 10 Cup. I'm there to win. I'm not saying I'm going to, but I'm going to try. Also I'm safe. also going to try not to injure myself. Well, sure. There are two things that you got to attempt to do. You want to try to win, but the one thing in, in any athletic endeavor at this point is that you want to avoid injury above all else. That's important. So you want to you want to win. It's it's the it's the the balance, right? You want to win, but you also want to avoid any any bad injury, which can be difficult. Can be. That's coming up on Friday, sixth uh, and Peabody in downtown Nashville. If you are uh, around the Middle Tennessee area, we certainly hope you'll join us. Uh, the venue opens at eleven o'clock a.m. each and every day, and we go live at two o'clock on the stage on Friday. We're taking a look and uh, looking ahead to the upcoming NFL season by previewing team-by-team, off-season acquisitions and expectations uh, organizationally for NFL franchises, division-by-division. And we started earlier this week on the AFC North. We wrap it up now. Uh, We'll get to Pittsburgh in a moment, but we start with Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns in the news, and and certainly today, the NFL will appeal the uh, suspension handed down by Judge Sue L. Robinson of six games. So, as we look at the key additions and, and losses to the team for the Browns, we don't know where Deshaun Watson factors in immediately because if there's an injunction granted and he gets to play until they actually hear things on a court level when he sues the NFL for whatever they're going to bring, maybe he plays week one, maybe not. But right now it's six games out. They brought in Jacoby Brissett. And also traded for Amari Cooper from Dallas. This is a v- extremely talented roster defensively. Miles Garrett, uh, if you go on FanDuel right now, he is the odds-on favorite for Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL. Love him. Um, it, they they have a very talented secondary. They have athleticism at linebacker. 
They certainly have a run game. Uh, they, they've been lacking the quarterback. And so it comes down to if Watson is playing or not. Because Brissett, while serviceable as a backup, is no starter. And uh, multiple NFL teams have told us that by not Passing retaining him, him. Yeah. But, I mean, they can still, like, if he can manage the game, I don't know if he's been on a roster comparable to this in terms of run game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, offensive line, which is excellent, yeah. and defense that should should be good if it stays healthy. Keyed with Miles Garrett. Jadavian Clowney plays well as a, as a second guy. They've got in good interior people. They're good on every level. The linebackers are, are nice. Denzel Ward's a heck of a player. Yes. Um, you know, they've got uh, uh, Grant Delpit is an up-and-coming safety. I, I like the personnel. I think they've got good depth. Uh, the whole question, like you're saying, is it quarterback? Brissett needs to just not mess up, um, really. And if he can minimize mistakes, they've got a formula to win against bad teams and to maybe stay close against good teams. And if you can go 500 against the good ones and beat the bad ones – you can be in decent shape. Curious if uh, former Vol Josh Dobbs ever gets in the mix there, uh, the, if something it happens could. with Brissett, uh, That gives you a, a different option because he is someone who can use his legs to, to make plays also. Um, it's so hard to really get into a deep dive with this team because I believe they are a Super Bowl competitor if Deshaun Watson plays the entire season. Yes. Their roster is that good. Um, they, I mean, even a year ago, you know, they're eight and nine, I think it was eight, eight, nine a year ago. And they had all the issues of quarterback and injury and, and Baker Mayfield and everything else. And they're still a respectable team. Um, I, I think that, that their division while tough is manageable for them with their roster. It just all comes down to Deshaun Watson availability. And if it, you know, it's not going to be six games, it doesn't look like with what the NFL is deciding today, but can Jacoby Brissett tread water long enough for Deshaun Watson to do something if it's longer than the six games? So many question marks about that team because of the quarterback position and all the uncertainty around Watson. Uh, guys, I don't have a lot of question marks about every, everywhere else uh, on the roster when you look up and down. Bringing in Amari Cooper. I mean, they're going to have weapons on offense. They've got a good defense. They've got guys who can make a difference on defense, starting with Miles Garrett. I really like the Browns. Other than not knowing what the hell is going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Number one in rushing offense, 27 in passing offense. Usually if you're really good at one, you're, the number on the other one isn't bad, but 20th in points. They need to score more, uh, generally speaking. And where were they in uh, But again, I think all against? that goes back to Paul Mayfield's situation a year yeah. ago. Tied to play for through 13th injury. in points against. Yeah, so. they, they were in a, a terrible spot with, with Mayfield trying to play through injury last year. To the Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-7-1 last year. Ben Roethlisberger is out. Mitchell Trubisky is in. They've drafted Kenny Pickett. And the storyline here is when do we see Kenny Pickett overtake Mitchell Trubisky? Because it, it, it appears as though it's Trubisky's season to start. And then if things go the way that many are predicting, we see Pickett inserted into the lineup in late October, early November. But this is also a Steelers team that with an awful season, awful season from Ben Roethlisberger, 
We saw them in the postseason last year. They they have extreme talent in in um, T.J. Watt on the defensive side of the football. Um, Najee Harris. Najee Harris is going to uh, receive even more work, you would think, given their quarterback situation. Um, at running back, I, I'm saying uh, getting the football in the run game because he was certainly used in the pass game last year. Uh, they bring over Miles Jack from Jacksonville. Um, while I don't think they win the division, I don't think it's out of the question to think that they're exactly where they were a year ago, battling for a final playoff spot as not a, a, an average to below average team at best, but still grinding their way to a chance at a playoff game. And I, I'm solely basing this off of the fact that I'm that big of a fan of Mike Tomlin and what he's done. It, it, it's, they, they don't bottom out. They, they don't bottom out as an organization. This may be the single most underplayed storyline in the NFL in conversations, team-by-team uh, -team conversations. They had the worst run defense in the league last year by game and by carry. Stephon Tewitt retires. If they can't fix that, none of this other stuff matters. And historically, it's unheard of. I mean, Pittsburgh yeah. can always stop well, the run. So if they can't get back to basics on stopping the run, trouble. If they can, then all of these things come in. And like you're saying, I don't know that they're going to be fourth, fifth in the, in the playoff thing, but they could certainly again contend for that seventh spot where they were last year, mm -hmm. even if the quarterback play is poor, if they can play Steeler football, run the ball, defend the run. But last year, they didn't defend the run at all. Yeah, that, to me, this is not a team that I would put ahead of, of Cincinnati not or Baltimore. Any of the teams. Um, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't put them ahead of any of the teams. that They're last in that division. I have the utmost respect for Mike Tomlin and that organization. And it is very difficult for me to say these words about Pittsburgh, but I'm bearing them this year. That's going to be a bad football team in that division. Um, I don't see any other way around it other than Hudden, what you're saying, that it's just a team and a franchise that does, seemingly doesn't bottom out, and they're not going to ever bottom out with Mike Tomlin. But every other sign to me, Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, uh, the losses that we saw there, if they're breaking in Kenny Pickett, at yeah. some point, even though I really like Kenny Pickett as a quarterback, he's not stepping in and lighting the league on fire. I think this is a pretty dramatic step down this year for Pittsburgh, and this is now the beginning of a rebuilding effort for them. I don't love them, but I would say this. If you're picking a surprising team, they would be the least surprising, surprising team because of Tomlin and because of what they tend to and, do. And you, you would also say they have a first-round quarterback that took over in this scenario to me. I don't see Trubisky taking them on the, the run of winning the division. It would To me, it's the rookie coming in and just lighting the league on fire. But I, so far, and it's extremely early in camp as we talk about Pittsburgh, um, there, there are not signs that that's happening anytime in the immediate future. Immediate future being like week one. Um, it sounds as though it's Trubisky, and they're waiting on... Tomlin said he's waiting on the playmaking qualities to show up for, for Pickett. Um, the other Tomlin also embraces this. Like he, Peter King led from, from Pittsburgh this week, and Tomlin's juiced by this. He's not down. He kind of said something similar to Vrabel, saying he doesn't rely on talent. Uh, yeah. Tomlin said, I'm, I'm not sitting around waiting on veterans. I, I don't count on veterans to 
to carry this thing. So he's infused with energy by the newness of it. Well, they have George Pickens there. Uh, DeMar- uh, DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M was one of the guys that no one expected to fall to the third round, and he's a interior defensive lineman that will help with that run defense um, that fell to them at a perfect spot. Um, intriguing team for down the road, two or three years from now, as they get things working under Kenny Pickett. But, you know, can they play spoiler? Can they be a, a spoiling team that gets in, but really they don't look like a playoff team, but they are? They were last year. Well, somebody's going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then the, here's the one that kind of goes against my opinion that they're going to take a, a step back this year and not be a factor anywhere is the fact that we mentioned this last week. You could argue they're improved now at quarterback. Yes. From Roethlisberger, a Hall of Famer. On either, either guy. Either one. Kenny Pickett or Trubisky, because Roethlisberger was just a shell of himself Bad. last season. Bad. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts, at OutKick360. We'll recap the headlines of the day, get you ready for the slate of games on tap tonight, and uh, preview what's coming tomorrow. OutKick360 rolls on. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Braves have already played. They lost today to Philly. No doubleheader, though, right? No doubleheader. They've got a five-game series starting tomorrow with the Mets. So uh, we're going to know a lot about the future of the NL NL East this year based on that five-game set in Atlanta uh, that starts Thursday. By the way, um, Yanks have also lost out, seven, out, three. Outkick has this story, but this comes from an interview uh, on a podcast with Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers did a deep dive and discusses his journey to self-love and how ayahuasca, a psychoactive tea containing hallucinogens, uh, helped him reach the point he's at now. Of awakening. It makes you throw up. It gives you diarrhea. It's completely like, uh, it's a purging it's a hallucinogen. Yeah. yeah, I think it's something that, yeah, it makes you physically ill that it's like a vision quest yeah. type thing. You take it and then you reach a point of clarity because it clears everything out. We should send you on a trip to do that. <laughs> Come back and report to us. Jacob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jacob's a better candidate. Jacob just pulls Jacob out. Jacob may have done it. Have you done it? Hold on. You know, no. Jacob's like, I believe I play some in one of these moonshine bottles behind Chad. <laughs> it's, the, it's the red one. Don't drink the red because that's got ayahuasca in it. Yeah, that's not something that sounds enjoyable People to me. go to Peru. Why, why not just take uh, you know some other form of poison that's going to make you throw everything up immediately and, and claim that it's... Well, because they don't have the benefits. Gonna gonna make I'm being you devil's listen. advocate for yeah. people who have done it. Have you seen Roger's new tattoo on his arm? 
Yeah. Uh, what does it say? Oh, the one that he needed I mean, to explain. I don't know to what everyone. it says. Oh, it's no, the two lions facing each other and the earth. Yeah, it's behind. a lion. I mean, it it's got like a map on it. He's supposed to explain it eventually. It's got a compass head on it. I think also is part of it. He explained it. I forgot who he was on with. Uh, they were asking it, uh, asking him about it. Um, it was NFL Network, maybe. And it was a very long and drawn-out explanation, but it has to do with um, you know his sign and um, all of the astrology. So I mean, He's he not would, getting more normal as he ages. He would be a perfect a for Bill Walton in 1972. Like though He has just gone yeah. full hippie. I mean, I think him and Bill Walton could travel the country with the Grateful Dead if they were contemporaries at this point. He, his time and place is uh, 1973 Portland, Oregon, where Bill Walton was with the Blazers at the time. Not Green Bay, Wisconsin. It is a, with the Packers. It's an extremely intricate tattoo, I must say. Like they, It's not something that looks like you just picked it off a wall and said, I'll take that. It's there a it very detailed... Oh, no, there's, there's meaning. Oh, there's, I mean, but the detail in it um, is, I mean. It's an excellent artist. I guess. The eye. I mean, I feel like he's got a <laughs> well, third eye. Well, I said eye. that like the shading, you know, the shading on the left part of the tattoo with the lion in the foreground and the shading the in the background. An, some shaman. Maybe it well, was the blue, shaman also maybe it was conducts blue of ayahuasca. <laughs> I think his new girlfriend, Blue of Earth, maybe has yeah. some, some. Blue of Earth? Is of Earth her last Tattoo name? artist skills. Paul, biggest uh, surprise out at Titans camp so far. Is there a player that comes to mind? Well, I think the health is the biggest surprise collectively. Uh, Traylon Burks doing what you would have thought he would do if he didn't have the, the semi-crazy semi offseason where he was absent a lot because of the combination of uh of uh, conditioning issues and the uh, asthma problems so I, I, roger mccreary he's mine he, he's terrific he's he's really turned things on over the last three practices and elijah so. molden is the one health the issue who's on. out and he's creating opportunity for roger the guy McCreary. without the quote-unquote measurables when the pads started popping he showed up player yeah we're back at it tomorrow we'll show up two o'clock central three o'clock eastern across the OutKick Network. Do not block the box, but please lock your locks.